Mat Men is brought to you by GoDaddy. Get a .com domain name for only two forty nine by using offer code Queens at checkout. Hey everybody, welcome to Mat Men. I'm your host Andrew Zarin. Of course, I'm joined by Rich Stambolian and John Layman. How you guys doing? Doing good. Doing good. Doing good. Doing good. We had a week <laughs> off. Doing, we, uh, doing awesome. I feel like we haven't been here in a month. I, I know. Well, you know what? The summer's over. Mm. Now we can get back to the regular schedule. It's getting uh, wrestling's heating up again. Mm-hmm. Uh, comic books are heating up again. Everything. We have Comic-Con happening. Everything's happening. Everything is happening. It's September. I'm excited to be here. I'm excited to talk wrestling with you. This is Matt Men. It's a show about wrestling. Not about mats. Not about carpets. Not about men or boys. It's about wrestling. <clears throat> professional wrestling professional wrestling uh, by the way wrestling is back into the olympics so uh congratulations, yeah, congratulations which was like the, real wrestling the, the tiniest blurb too on like every dirt sheet it was like oh by the way it happened olympic yeah it's back <laughs> it's crazy it beat out baseball too yeah well but no, i guess nobody cares about baseball like outside of the u.s nope uh, a lot of people in the u.s don't care about baseball. <laughs> a lot of people in the u.s don't care about baseball <laughs> the japanese and this and like the caribbean's Love baseball, baseball yeah. and like Mexico, yeah, yeah Mexico. Yeah. Like in the whole, in their like Latin American region. Yeah, just hoping to come yeah. over here and uh, oh, yeah. become a star. Yeah. You start training your kid at like nine years old, and he mm-hmm. plays in the minor leagues till like he's like forty, and then he comes up to the states and he pitches. Well, when they're when they're when you're fifteen in Puerto Rico, it's okay for you to play here because when you get into the states, you're automatically twenty two. Yeah, that's what happens. <laughs> <laughs> you can a couple years. Uh, before we start off with uh, today's show, I want to thank our sponsor, GoDaddy.com. Get an affordable domain name at GoDaddy.com. They're offering a great deal for our audience. Two forty nine domain names. dot com domain names. When you use offer code Queens at checkout. Now, why is GoDaddy great? I look at domain names as twenty first century real estate. You buy the domain name, you don't know what's going to happen. You use it for a website, whatever. The day might come, someone's going to knock on your door and say, "Hey, listen, I want that name." And they're going to offer you a pretty penny. I had that happen with my wife's website. Somebody came and they, I sold the website, uh, a couple thousand dollars, uh, and I bought it on GoDaddy. 249 domain names.com domain names at GoDaddy.com. Use offer code Queens at checkout. And I want to thank GoDaddy for supporting. Mad Men. It's time. GoDaddy. Go. It's time. I'm going to go home and buy uh, the domain name PastaFool. PastaFool. PastaFool.com. <laughs> it is time to talk about wrestling. A lot's happened in professional wrestling. We have Night of Champions coming up on Sunday. Has that always been a pay per view? Isn't Night of Champions like a spin on Clash of the Champions? Yes. Why wouldn't they just call it Clash of the Champions? Because uh, technically the stipulation for Night of Champions is that every champion has to defend their belt. Oddly enough, in this situation, I don't think Curtis Axel is defending his belt against CM Punk. Of course not. Of course That's not. That's weird. Of course not. Because <laughs> cool. it makes that. I mean that makes way too much sense. Why why <laughs> would we why would we defend the title? They do that too often. On a pay per view where the gimmick is defending the title. Yeah. Yeah, it's a swerve. But I don't get why they are having so many non-title matches. Everything. I that's something new, right? Like, yeah. you know what? For the sake of God, like, why don't you defend the title on Raw? Like, it doesn't matter if the guy loses. Defend the title on Raw. Well, I guess they're trying to you know create the idea of like you know your number one contender. You know that person deserves to get a shot. It's not like you can just have a random match on it. But it just takes away from the match. Well, they want. I think they want to preserve the sanctity of the prestige of the higher belts. Yeah, by having six belts along with that. Yeah, yeah. Well, but, if you think about it, every belt is uh, every belt is is taken by a heel at this point, which is kind of interesting. Which is, oh, I never thought about that. Yeah, That's I awesome. mean, but but before like, and I feel like this goes up and down. Like there are times that you watch wrestling and you feel like the title could change at any time. 
Like, you look at the title changes between the 90s to now. Like, a lot of title changes happened in the late 90s and early 2000s on TV, away for free. You don't see that anymore. Like, people are complaining, like, house shows, like, house show attendance is bad. Mm. Change a title on a house show and watch what happens. Yeah. Start changing the U.S. title. Start changing the tag titles. You could have the tag title go back and forth. Just change the titles. Yeah. I mean, you. uh, I think they have to bring back, like, I think you have to merge the U.S. and the Intercontinental now again. And I would say bring back, like, one more belt. That could be, like, that house show belt european yeah european Uh, how about a light heavyweight the problem you know somebody was saying how uh they should bring back the light heavyweight title back Mm. i think it's an awful idea i think they're all light heavyweights now yeah like there's no separation the guys that are all like every guy in their roster right now would have been a light heavyweight Mm. was it under 220 something like under 225 i think that was the light heavyweight thing they're all under 225 yeah like i don't think on that roster like how many people are 270 I don't think a new belt yeah. is uh, an answer. No, I, I, I wouldn't bring back a new belt, but like the Divas title should change at house shows. Yeah, A I, U.S. title should change. Forget about the IC. You keep the IC on TV. You keep the world title. Maybe change a world title every now and then. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I really hope this whole Divas thing leads up to that belt being changed to the women's title. Oh, God, I hope for that, too. Uh, it can. It's branded now, Total Divas. It's super branded, but you have the whole thing with AJ going on about how she's not a oh, diva. Right. Uh, she's a wrestler. Did you, I hope so. Did you hear the whole back and forth on Raw with her? Don't what yeah. happened? Did you hear that, John? A little bit. I, I, so, I kind of tune out the women's segment, unfortunately. So I actually, I've really gotten, is that a pear? What is that? That's a, a plum, plum, dude. That's a plum. What are you, what are you <laughs> doing <laughs> a plum? Uh, what are you doing a plum? I think he's going to eat it. Uh, <laughs> I think that's a bizarre fruit to bring. Why? I, I, An apple, a peach. <laughs> Do you eat plums? I have not had a plum in probably time. I have plums That's why he didn't de- know what it looked like. I have plums on deck every morning. I have plums in I the actually, car right now if you want. I actually thought it was like a mini avocado. I I, I like I like how I like how Rich picked it up and like looked at it and like he was actually thinking about is this really a plum? <laughs> I, it looks like an avocado. Do I want you now or do I want you when I talk about comic books? It's nice. It's, it's nice. It's going to be between now and comic books. Yeah. Is it nice and cold? nice and cold i had an entire thing of strawberries like the entire case of strawberries because <laughs> my wife went to flushing and got like 15 cases of strawberries because like three dollars for all of them yeah i am allergic to strawberries oh, me too and my tongue is starting to get numb yeah, i love them like as i'm starting <sighs> to talk like now you're gonna start seeing like my lips start oh, to swell nice. up so this i have is, about 45 minutes of of loving this uh, entire <laughs> segment was brought to you by william carlos williams <laughs> and his plums plum factory uh so aj was on commentary during the Divas match, and they get really weird. And I've said this for weeks now. The commentators get really weird during the Divas match. Yeah. And it's almost... (laughs) Well, they do this, this, um, like, off-air voice. The side talk. And and they do the side talk thing, and they're going... And and the king is, you know, making, like, oh, I can make her my fifth wife. (laughs) Ha, ha, ha. You know, like, something bizarre. I don't mind that. I feel like he's really ready to rip-roar with some puppies. Yeah, I think like he's dying to do it. So AJ's out there and she's doing Uh, this entire, you know, this this shtick of like, I'm a real champion. I've worked my ass off for years. Uh, I've done this. I've done that. And she starts talking about the tattoo on her neck. She got the date that she won the title on her neck, which is okay. Like, you know what? It's a little marky, but I can. You know what? Good for her. Like, she's tiny. First of all, she's like 90 pounds. Whoever thought she'd be a world champion. She's the Divas champion. That's great. And King turns out, he's like, 
Any other tattoos on your body? Oh, hell yeah. <laughs> and she turns around and goes, Jerry, aren't I a little too old for you? I'm 26. Awesome comeback. Awesome comeback. King like is like frozen, and he turns around and replies with, yeah, you're also a little too ugly for me. <laughs> the king. <laughs> and, like, you just got lawlered. But, like, but what's interesting is that like people have done that, like the age thing to him, like a lot, and he never uh-huh. replies. Like they, that, they've they've done that to him all the time. Uh-huh. Yeah, and that's stemming back to an an alleged rape that happened. Oh boy, it, know, when he was in Memphis, you I've don't know. Heard about, about this? So allegedly in Memphis, there were rumors going on. It, it, apparently, something happened. I don't know the entire story, but. Somehow he may or may not have had sex with like a minor. Okay, like me or me, him and like Jerry Jarrett and like all of them. Oh boy, Jerry Jarrett. And uh, like it was like a big thing in Memphis, mm-hmm. like a huge story in Memphis. Apparently he was acquitted. Whatever. I don't know the entire rest of the story, but like that is stuck with Jerry that he likes young women. Right. Well, he also married Miss Kitty. He also married Miss Kitty. That was like, you know, Stacy Carter. That was like 20 yeah. or like 10, 19, you know, whatever. <laughs> she, was, she was not 10. So people, people have always done that jab to him. Right. And he never replies for whatever reason. It really got under You know why? Skin. Because because that's fine. He's he's 62 years old and he's, he can still pull 19 year old chicks. That dude is 62 years old. Yeah. Oh, boy. No wonder he's so iffy about the age. He looks like he has rubber bands in the back of his head, just keeping his face back. Oh, yeah, yeah. And I think he is delusional about how old he is when it comes to the women. Well, listen, if he's 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 the king. So he's here we king. go. Jerry Lawler was indicted <laughs> with statutory rape charges. <laughs> king of trash. <laughs> he's straight in. Is he really? Yeah, he's one hundred percent. Oh, that's right. I remember you telling yeah. me that. Yeah. He's a. Uh, None yeah. of us in this room are straight edge. No. <laughs> I think that he would have a. Uh, we are we are straight edge fans though. Yes. So here we go. In 1993, a 15-year-old girl accused Jerry Lawler of raping and sodomizing her early this that oh, year. Oh, the sodomizing. Soon after Jerry Lawler was indicted, but before the case <laughs> could go to court, the girl admitted that she had made up the entire thing. There you go. Oh, so there yeah. you go. So he's, that's he's what a it good stems guy. from. <laughs> yeah, that's what it stems from. But she got he got really weird, yeah. and I, I don't like if it was like a work the entire thing. Amazing. Yeah. But it was almost like they were all three of them were bullying her throughout the entire thing. I think so. I think that comes with the territory. Like I think they were like JBL was you know like totally like a total ass to her. Which I mean, it was interesting that they all turned heel yeah. during that divas match. Yeah, well, you know, Michael Cole's not even calling the match. Michael Cole's calling like what's happening in the in the crowd. By uh-huh. the way, they were in Toronto. Great crowd. Oh, yeah, they were an awesome crowd. I have decided that WWE should never go back to the Midwest or the West Coast, and they should stay <laughs> regional and do shows like. Northeast, uh, Canada, way northeast, like Chicago, like major cities. Forget uh, about these dumb towns. Forget okay. about every town this in this country. Just stay, <laughs> dumb, just dumb. stay. No, your problem is dumb face. Dumb face. So you want, so you want to go from New York to Chicago to Boston to Philly, then to Canada, and then come back. Come back. Yeah, yeah. that's what I want every week. And North Carolina every week. And you know what? I don't care. I'm sure many of our viewers are angry that I'm saying this. Your town sucks, and you ruin wrestling. All of them. Word. But how could they you don't say react that? to anything? They just sit there with their hands in their lap. Well, they're, and waiting they watch for, it. they're waiting for John Cena to come out. But yeah, they wait for John Cena to boo him. <laughs> but you can't, you can't logistically make that claim because, like, if there was a show every five weeks in at Madison Square Garden, it would be great. It would be great. But who I could would af- never go. Yeah. Who could afford that? Bunch of animals there. Who could afford that? 
You know, that's why when you're like, Raw is coming to your town, blah, blah, blah. It's been two years since Raw came here. There's a reason why. There's a reason, you know, like they got to make their money. But I don't know. But I've seen crappy uh, crowd reactions for Madison Square Garden. I mean, we got that really great one after the WrestleMania thing because of who was in the crowd. Right. No, we had that good electric feel. But that's rare. Like the Toronto thing, it's Toronto. Like, yeah. I, I. like I have a couple issues. Like, well, Toronto. Well, no, Toronto. <laughs> Toronto is always great. Vancouver's good. Like any of these Canadian cities are great. Calgary, great city. Almost anywhere they go in Canada, they're always really hot. But and then like you'll you don't, you'll have like two three weeks that are really hot. Mm-hmm. I think they should be strategic on where they're doing it. Like if they have mm-hmm. a major pay per view the week before, be in a market that you know is going to react because right. that's going to sell your pay per view. I have seen like Pittsburgh, by the way, awful crowd. Always. Okay. Pittsburgh is known in the WWE as being the worst crowds in pro wrestling. And uh, they just don't react. And uh, Philly? Philly's on Philly's, fire. Philly's the opposite. Philly's the total opposite. I know we have one viewer who tunes in who is from Pittsburgh who, who, Awful. who, will, who will definitely call you out on that. No, it's a no, <laughs> no, it's a known thing. They all say Pittsburgh does not react. Mm-hmm. It used to be a good crowd. It they used got, to be a wrestling to worry city. About. They got Steelers to worry about. Yeah, they got the Steelers and mining <laughs> and uh, a crumbling economy. Yeah, crumbling economy in Pittsburgh. So you're saying that they should never visit like Albuquerque? I, I don't know how good Albuquerque. Is. I think that'd be dope, man. You get some Mexicans from uh, the border coming over. No, I, I think it's strategic. <laughs> like they, it seems like every city is now replaceable, and I think that's their that's what they want. And and uh. this kind of goes into the uh, into the Jim Ross thing. I don't think they want anything to be bigger than the product. Meaning, uh, meaning. The product is the is the top thing. The crowd shouldn't be that's the the height. Okay. The announcer shouldn't be it. The re, the world champion shouldn't be it. It should just be the overall product. Yeah. Okay. And I think that has been their almost like their their security blanket, their insurance policy. Where mm-hmm. God forbid, John, God forbid, CM Punk leaves. You uh-huh. know what? We just replace him with somebody else. Okay. Same thing with the cities. Same thing with the announcers. Yeah, okay. but I don't think they're judging their. I guess where they're going on crowd reaction. I don't think they. I they think, don't like the crowd reaction. I think they do. I think. I think after the WrestleMania thing and how much of reaction you know it overall got because of how much the crowd reacted. But that's a purely television thing. If you're going to a, if you're going to a television taping, you're going to a Roar or anything like that. You're in the crowd. It's a different feeling than you do when you watch it on television. I mean, right. f- it feels electric most times. I mean, you don't even hear the promo. When you're in it, watching Raw on, like, if you're in the actual audience, yeah, yeah, yeah. you don't even hear the promo. I you think can't hear anything. I think it's different for, from the time that you mm-hmm. went and I went to now. Says you, brother. Let's prove it. Let's go. The guy goes every time they're here. <laughs> you've, go. been going, you've been, been going. You've been I go, I go to the armory that, uh, that <laughs> Daniel Bryan keeps on talking about. Does, uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm in the armory. <laughs> where i grew this beard uh john goes goes incognito just because people recognize him. you know that yeah. guy you know that guy <laughs> hey is that john lee man you know that you know the guy with the straw hat and the uh, the that's hawaiian you. shirt in philadelphia <laughs> that's that's me you know what i you know what i do think is funny though about the crowd because i was like howard stern is me uh <laughs> by the way can i can, that is so funny you just said that i was just thinking that that guy you know why i watched i watched the most bizarre interaction between him and Shawn michaels oh it's a good one i remember i know exactly you know which one where they hug yeah and what after what was like royal rumble 97 something like that yeah they hugged at the end right yeah Mm -hmm. and there's a weird thing like he's hugging the crowd like it was in san antonio it was in his hometown Uh it was a sixty thousand person arena but it was like felt like forty eight thousand capacity he's going around hugging people after he beat like vader Mm -hmm. whoever it was yeah Jumps in the crowd, hugs this one, hugs that one, and then he goes to 
that guy that yeah. you're talking with, like the, with the black hair, the Howard yeah. Stern looking guy, and the guy's wearing like a button down, and underneath it's a BWO shirt, and he hugs him, <laughs> and the guy next to him, which is with the guy with the long hair, kisses Shawn Michaels. Of course. Like on the lips? Like, like really close. <laughs> like when- kisses him. And they look at each other, and they do this weird thing. And the the guy with the long hair looks at him, and then looks at the camera, and goes, "He words the, he he mouths the word hi to the camera." Oh come on! Or, so, or just, cock, or cock. <laughs> it was it was one of the most like it was like my life was on slow motion, and it was so uncomfortable for everybody. Well, like I got a question. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. I got a question for you though. Would yeah. you try to kiss Shawn Michaels on the lips too? I think I would. <laughs> I, oh, I think you're a sexy boy. I think once you breach that area between you know fan and superstar, yeah, yeah. social interactions go like. I got to kiss Shawn Michaels on the mouth. That's what happened. It was so weird, and I tried. I saw it on YouTube, and it was so like I was just fast forwarding throughout the pay per view, and I just landed on that, and I spent like another 45 minutes trying to pinpoint it again on YouTube. I couldn't pinpoint it before the internet and wrestling were synonymous with each other the uh you know that guy the philadelphia crowd straw hat hat, and uh the guy with the uh with the wife beater on yeah Yeah. with the bald head and uh with glasses oh the black guy too the black guy with glasses uh yeah i hate seeing a guy yeah well no it's a different guy there's i hate seeing but he was like an ecw Mm -hmm. guy yeah yeah yeah. yeah. uh but like i was fascinated by these guys because they were always there always there and then when i then when uh the the internet you really came to fruition I learned their stories. I was really disappointed. Yeah, really disappointed. What? Why? What was? There's nothing to it. I no. mean, they're, they're, they're just fans. really dedicated they're just fans. Really into it, and they have some weird connection where they're able to get tickets on on the fly. And they're I think like they worked. Like yeah. I think they, yeah, yeah. yeah, but I think they like did like. Remember the street team, the ECW street team. Absolutely, yeah. <laughs> they were the guys who sold the tape. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it's so bizarre. I don't. I don't even know how we got there. Oh, so. The, they don't want the crowd. They don't want a character. They don't want anything being bigger than the main product. Okay. Like ECW was ECW, to kind of reflect on what we were saying. Uh-huh. Not because 50% the product, because it was, oh my God, what's going on? But it was also 50% okay. the crowd, okay. the reaction. If ECW did whatever they, they were doing and they had a WWE reaction to mm-hmm. things, it would not have been as over as it was, but that's. But I think that's more right time, right place, because that was that was the true alternative to what was going on on TV. Sure, absolutely, uh-huh. but I don't think that would have ever happened on the w, on WWE programming, or it will ever happen again. They don't want those uncontrolled chants. I, I agree with that. I agree with that. I, you know, you know what's kind of interesting is I I have been reading lately that after you're the broadcasts that from crowd reports that they've been security has been trying to like put the kibosh on, on chance like, yeah on chance and like the dude not not so much the chance but the dudes who are dressed like like uh, on monday night there's a guy dressed like macho man apparently and this whole thing broke out rainy cause, savage because uh, there was a randy savage yeah. chant and he was like posing and flexing and everybody was going crazy and security was like hey buddy why don't you sit down and stop and he's like, and then how do you do that? That's like, like, and, and they man. did that two weeks ago. There was cool. a Hogan. Yeah. There was a Hogan. There was a Macho, and there was somebody there was else. A Dusty Rose. There was a Dusty Rose. Awesome. Chris Benoit showing up. <laughs> yeah, oh, that that would be the day. <laughs> but I mean, they were chanting. They, they they want to control these chants, and I think yes, for example, is something that is what they want, mm. and it spun into something that they, they didn't even anticipate, but it turned into something that they wanted. Mm. But 
everything else that will happen on Monday, for example, like that Fandango thing, they love it. Right. Yeah. Because it, it could control that. Oh, wow, I could sell something. But when they're chanting Randy Savage during a Randy Orton match, Randy I think that's hysterical. <laughs> or chanting D- JBL. JBL, and Michael, Cole. Michael Cole. They don't like that. That's mm. fun. Uh, Justin Roberts got a chant, too. Isn't it? Yeah, yeah, he did. Which is awesome. <laughs> Isn't it, I, think, I think yes and no are going to be like eternal. Nah, like that's a yeah. new what? That's a new what? Yeah, that's, isn't it weird? Like, yes, knowing what <laughs> likes our chance. One symbol, one syllable. I know. It's it's like, uh, I was thinking about this in terms of, like, electronic music. People mm-hmm. like electronic music, and it's usually, like, meatheads and stuff like that. Because uh-huh. it's, like, music for dumb people. I'm sh- There are very good <laughs> electronic music out there. It's very creative. But good backtrack. I think the... There's no I, depth I don't backtrack. There's no depth. But there's no depth to it. It's something that you can easily accept. It's like, you know, it's like a hamburger. Like, yes, no, what electronic music or hamburger. the hamburger of cultural touchstones. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's fun. I miss the asshole. Oh, there was a bullshit chant. Yeah. Right? There was an asshole chant, yeah. too. Yeah. I miss those. I miss the, uh, mm. the you fucked up shit. Like, they I, did that also. They, they did yeah, that also. I really like when they do that. You'll hear it every, like, on occasion. Yeah. Um, ECW is always going to be there. Oh, They're yeah. They're always going to do ECW chants. But you know what's amazing, though? <laughs> How many years ago did ECW finish? It was a regional mm-hmm. thing. Yeah. They had no following. I mean, literally nobody watched the program. Well, I guess I, they were getting TNA numbers in 0.9. Yeah. yeah. You know, they were getting, I guess, like because a million people. A million people a month watched it on, on TNN. Yeah. And that was not the ECW that people knew. ECW, as far as a major product goes, is nothing. It, Ring of Honor probably has more of a following now than ECW ever did. I think they, uh, TNA at this point has been around longer than the original ECW. TNA has been around uh, twice the amount that WCW was around. Right. If you yeah. if you added it, if you were to add every uh, episode of Nitro, it mm. would have aired twice already since the time that they closed. Right. So right. it's been a while. Yeah. Why do we still get an ECW chant? Because it's still memorable. It's insane. It's memorable. I, it also represents something. But, I mean, these people have not seen it. It's ama- I'm sure it's ama- I mean, but like, yeah. that's amazing to me. If you're a wrestling fan, you're going on the on YouTube. Yeah. I mean, because, like, but it, it, it represents something. Like, it, it represents, you know, hardcore. It but nobody's, represents- nobody's chanting, like, nobody's chanting uh, you know, WCW. Well, because what does it represent? I don't think anybody ever chanted that. Yeah, Even WCW, WCW fans yeah, didn't chant WCWO. But like, what what is like like ECW immediately? Like, the, what's the first thing that comes to mind when it comes to, when you see, hear the word ECW? Van Daminator. Van okay. Daminator. Yeah, really? No, you know I, what I think? Not the Van no, Terminator the, from Buckle to Buckle. Yeah, that's the first thing that pops in your head. First yeah. thing that pops in my head is the is the image of Van Dam doing that somersault into the crowd. All right, but it's like extreme <laughs> stuff and anything, yeah. and, and it it represents something. like if you were, if someone was saying like WCW, what could that be the reaction to? Like a poorly executed storyline, <laughs> glacier, a glacier. Like glacier coming like WW, WW. <laughs> what, what about you? If, if somebody was like, "Hey, John, J, uh, w, um, ECW, w. Uh, New Jack falling in love or something," okay, yeah. or like, or like, the cha- no, no, what, no, what I, I immediately think of when I think of ECW is the chair throwing thing. <sighs> it's like the end of the promo yeah. when they're like, they're when Terry Funk takes the one hit and like, I never they get buried. buried. Yeah. yeah. But that, I mean, like, even if you watch that promo, you're like, whoa, I want to get into this thing. Yeah, it's, a, it's extreme. <laughs> and I, and yeah. when I got into it, I missed all that stuff. Okay. Like, when, did that, you, when did you get into it? I got into it fairly in the beginning, but, like, a lot of that stuff had already been on, See, hadn't been on 19, air yet. N- late 97, 98, Heatwave 98 was probably the first. Mm, that was much re- before that. Like, I got really into it at that time. Yeah. That pay-per-view, pro- by the way, 
best ECW paper of all time, Heat Wave '98. I, I was into the best. It. When was like the, the what was the prime time? The, of it? the transition that was, that was the prime. That, no. that was that it was, was like the. It was like before it was like no. the, you have because you have the transition between Eastern Championship and Extreme Championship. With um, nobody cared about that. I want to say I mean, like it looks Tom awful Gordon. with the yellow and red term, turnbuckle. Yeah. Awful. But my, like, I was watching it when, when uh, at the height of the oh man, what was the storyline that was going on? Like the Raven and the Tommy Dreamer stuff, and so ninety seven. Yeah, that was ninety seven. I feel yeah. like it was so much earlier than that. Early ninety seven. Their first pay per view was ninety seven. Yeah, yeah, and but that, I watched it before the pay per view, and that was Terry Funk. Uh, the what was the, what was the headline? Terry Funk winning with the. With the ladder match. Yeah, but that's like year, that's years of me Who watching was in that it, match? Though. I was watching it like 94. I think that's 96, 97. Didn't, like, the years you were watching, I think you had... 92 you, is when it started. You had, no. uh, you had your Mysterio pop in for a little bit. Yeah. No, I wasn't watching any of that stuff. Uh, you, you weren't watching any of the Cactus Jack stuff? Yeah, no. Okay. Barely Legal was the first pay-per-view, 1997. I was watching it when... I was watching much earlier than that. So, we are talking about, let's see... It was, the main event was Terry Funk versus the Sandman versus Stevie Richards with the Blue Meanie, Hollywood Nova, and Thomas Rodman. Seven mm-hmm. Eleven, three-way Yeah, dance. I was watching it in 95, 96 is when I was watching it. So you, but you were watching, like, early on. That was not the, the peak of the product. Yeah, it was. That was the greatest stuff no. out there. I was watching, the, the idea of a pay-per-view was a hoop dream at that point. And it was awesome. I mean, maybe mm. for you, like, for me... The, I think they the, peaked in 98. 98 why? was the best year that they had. I was not even watching at that point. 98, because 98 had the memorable ECW roster. I, I was very happy with my Raven, my Tommy Dreamer, you give me, give me, give me, Give me seven people on the roster. Sabu, Taz, Rob Van Dam, Mikey Whipwreck. Um, did I say Sabu? Yeah. Uh, Raven, Terry Funk, Cactus Jack. Uh, Jack was not there. Yeah, he was not in '97. He was. I'm not talking about '97. I'm talking about '97. You didn't say. You didn't say '97. You're saying you enjoy '97. I wasn't watching in '97. Okay, you give me. Okay, I'm talking about the roster of when it for the the gangsters, the eliminators, uh, Brian Pillman, I hate Shane Cronus. Douglas, Bam Bam Bigelow, Chris Candido. You're talking about that's not the height of the, every single person was buying tapes at Elks Lodge before there was a pay per view. That's not the height of it. You're crazy. No, I'm talking about. I'm talking about for the company. For the, the company, screw the company. It's a, that was that was a revolution. That was something completely different. It was awesome, awesome to me. Ninety eight, ninety nine. It started crazy. teetering. They had, I think, they peaked in 97, 98. Was yeah, ninety seven was the ECW invaded Raw. Who cares? What do you think, Rich? Uh, I'm I'm a fan of post uh, post um, original. Pay per view ECW. Is ninety five Todd Gordon sold to, to Heyman? Right. Well, ninety six Heyman took over as Booker in ninety five. Yeah. After yeah. after I, I I'm a fan of uh, after Barely the Eagle ECW because then it kind of got really interesting for me because you had like all sorts of weird dudes and then they had like the cross promotional stuff, um, and you still had like Taz and Taz jumping ship. Uh, yeah. No. I and I yeah I watched. I mean I watched it up and I watched it a little bit after. Very illegal. Like mm-hmm. after the very first pay per view, I stuck around, and then once it went to TNA, I was already out of it. Once it became a product of W, of uh, like trying to like you know stall itself. I was yeah. Out. Do you guys remember UWF at all? Vaguely, like the the like not the Crockett UWF, like 
What happened later on with UWF? No. Uh, where the guy, like, they call, they found him coked up and, like, with baby oil all, all around, like, his body. <laughs> Who's that? Like, like, the promoter of UWF. <laughs> no, I don't remember. It, it's, fast, it's a fascinating story. So kind of to go back to what we were saying, I guess, with the crowd reactions, I don't feel that they want there to be this crazy hot crowd. They want the tickets to sell. They want them to cheer for who they mm-hmm. want them to cheer for. But they don't want this concept of John Cena being booed every week. I think they do. I think they want it. Because like, at this point, I feel like you're you're right and wrong. Um, you, I think you're right in the respect that it's it's a machine. And they. I think they, overall, obviously, the company wants everybody to buy the machine. Um, but you can't control people's reactions to. I, I feel like I like you can't subdue a crowd that there's no there's no alternative for this crowd. And I also feel like if there was an ECW at this point in time or something comparable to that, you wouldn't get those chants on Raw anymore. You'd have you'd have somebody saying like, "Hey Andrew, oh, yes. have you watched yeah. this?" or like, "Hey John, have you watched this?" And you'll. I'm not saying it would be extreme and. Unfortunately, Ring of Honor isn't the, the the alternative right now because it's just it's syndicated weird. But and, that's interesting you know. too. Like, why aren't they? Mm-hmm. Why aren't they like the rest? Like, this is it. Like Ring of Honor. I think like, a, they're the ECW of this. I, I think a big generation. thing was that ECW had a colorful ca- cast of believable characters Maniacs, that could yeah. wrestle their asses off. Um. And take anybody from think about this, like any you can name maybe like twenty independent wrestlers off the top of your head right now, but what do those wrestlers have in common with the guys in ECW? Rob Van Dam, Sabu, Tajiri, Taz, nothing. Uh, Tommy Dreamer, Sandman, Raven. All those dudes had gimmicks that worked for them. That were yeah. eye grabbing. Yeah. I also and, and feel, insane. You know? I mean, sadly, I also feel like when I watch like an indie event, I'm watching a twenty year old kid that's hundred and fifty pounds. Okay. Yeah, but trying to jump over the top term, you know, the top rope. Like mm-hmm. that's yeah. what that's what it has become to me. Like you're not getting, and and I'm not saying you know I want these like freaks of nature. Hello, Spencer. <laughs> I'm not saying I want these freaks of nature, but I kind of do. Like I want a guy with a little bit of you know something behind him. Okay. I got a dog. Just there you go. Uh, Get back to your cage. You want pitbull one and two. I want pitbull one and two. <laughs> like you know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. you had guys like that would have never been called up to the main roster. Right. In in the indies, but they were still they like in ECW they thrived. Like a sandman mm. thrived. And you know what? This was a guy that was like two thirty. But right. that's Shane also, Douglas. But that's also it was it was the alternative to the the prime product. Because you didn't have anybody like that running around in, in WCW or WWF. Right. You had, you know, big hulking monsters. So the market of ECW was dictating regular people. Like Sandman looked like a guy who would have been in the crowd. Jimbo looks like a regular yeah. dude, but at the same time, like I think all those dudes grew up with the '80s product and like the '70s product, and they in their heads were like, "Well, if I want to be what a wrestler, look like. yeah, if I want to be yeah. a wrestler, I got to be a wrestler." Dream was a big dude. He is a big dude. But Shane Douglas, yeah, he's yeah. old. But that's also another thing too is ECW also did a great thing where they were the first ones to really capitalize on the storyline of the underdog properly. Yeah, with a guy like yeah. Mikey Whipwreck. Like Mike Whipwreck, you look at that guy like no way this Absolutely. guy is a good wrestler, and then you like you watch a guy's highlight film, and the guy was absolutely phenomenal. Yeah, that opened the door for the cl- the cruiserweights and the guys mm-hmm. who went from cruiserweight divisions. Like CM Punk, you know, back then in ECW would have been a he, cruiserweight. And he would have, right. th- but he would have thrived in ECW. Yeah, no, absolutely, absolutely. He, he's absolutely. one of those guys that would have done well. Like you look, he would have been look a Jerry at, Lynn. 
Like Jerry Lynn yeah, is a prime fine. example of that stuff. But you look at guys Kid now. Cash. Yeah. Kid Cash. Yeah. yeah. You look at guys that were on in, on WWE TV, right? You look at guys like Chris Masters. Yeah. Uh, John Morrison. Uh, Carlito. Like three yeah. guys. Shelton Benjamin. Uh, Charlie Haas. Uh, Paul London. Mm. Brian Kendrick. Like these were these were it's like porno stars. Uh, yeah. <laughs> these were names. So, but so when they left the WWE. They didn't go to TNA for whatever reason, right. but w- they have nowhere to go. Like these were guys that they didn't cut it for whatever reason on the main roster. Mm-hmm. Something didn't go right. They could have gone to ECW and become a huge star. That's what's missing mm-hmm. with Ring of Honor. Right. With guys like, let's say, Chris Masters, which mm-hmm. was a s- okay worker. He was good. Right, yeah, yeah. He had a good physique. He he could cut up, you know, eh, barely cut a promo, but he could at least cut a promo. If he went to ECW and you took this guy and you made him, you know, into something else. He could have reinvented himself and had a huge career. Like right. a Rhino. Rhino, for example, would have never made it on WWE. Okay. But he would have he's he was a world champion in ECW. And why did he make it in WWE eventually? Because he was a world champion in ECW mm-hmm. and they created this monster. He also knew how to work. He also knew how to work. But by the way, this guy, he's still young. He's thirty six. Yeah. Rhino. Where cool. is he? Uh, hopefully away from He's in Ring of Honor, I think, somewhere. Yeah, I think it gives like uh, Ring of Honor gives like your your purest wrestling fans up like something to watch, you know. But also, but maybe like, that's not enough for the product. I'm also not going to use the word blame, but I also feel like a lot of your current era indie wrestlers um, weren't so much into the ECW as much as they were into like your John. Jeff Hardy style kind of extreme. Because yeah. they all like uh, like you can you can take a handful of indie wrestlers from across the country and they all look like Jeff Hardy. They do. Yeah. Even Punk. And did. that's a problem. Right. Yeah, you're right. And that, and that is a problem. That is a huge turnoff for me. But that's and, but that's also like a very Midwest, middle of America type of thing where like yeah. the youth that are growing up, that's what they look like. That's right. what yeah. like that's what the music yeah. is listening to in the whole nine. It's part of a culture that is it's not our thing, right. but it's culturally moving into, you know, uh, larger areas of interest. Right. No, I, I agree with that completely because you have like you have like these dudes who are like, I'm I'm young and skinny like Jeff Hardy. I'm going to do it. That's does. what you're going to do. Yeah. You know, and which is awesome. More power to them. But I think there's like, like nobody talks about that weird disconnect of like wrestling influences. Yeah. You know, because you, you, your guys get uh, smaller and then bigger in a weird way. Yeah. Because you had your, your, like when you think about it, your Nick Bockwinkel or your Frank Gotch or your classic. These were not big guys. Who were like guys, you know, yeah. they look like everybody's dead. And then that, was that transcended into like your NWA Harley Race, Ric Flair? Let's get the muscles. I'm gonna be Billy Graham. Let the Hulk Hogan, and then your guy slim down a little bit and kind of blow up again. I, I listen. I, I think there's a there's an in between. Like Cesaro, for example, he's a guy that looks like a wrestler. Right. He has a good physique. He's not overly big. He is a guy that looks like a wrestler. How about that thing, man? That oh, that's amazing. <laughs> by the way, Cesaro with that the twirling, uh, the twirling. Oh, it's ridiculous. <laughs> And I'm glad they respected enough to give him the. And by the way, he—that's yeah. what he's—he's he, done that in Ring of Honor. Yeah, so I believe he kind of got that from that. But he, by the way, one of the most natural workers on that they roster. Got to get him out of storyline. They got to yeah. figure know. him out. They have to work. But, him but out. you know what? Give him like a Benoit storyline. Do anything. Make I, him into like this this technical wrestler. This guy that mm-hmm. that works. Is he really bad on the mic? No, he's not awful. Because he seems like he has a lot of personality when you yeah. see him like in the ring and even like when he's like mouthing words next to uh, Zeb. I, just, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think Zeb Coulter, by the way, is phenomenal. He's great. He's all right. We I love purple. him. I love Dutch Mantel. Yeah. I, I, he's great. I, talk about crowd chants. I feel like 
I feel like when you're in the Midwest, you get a lot more We the People chance. Oh my God! Yeah, yeah, because those guys are you're, those guys are essentially supporting are uh, like racism, <laughs> and then like Zeb Coulter will come out and cut that He's heel right. promo. And they like, love him. Of like, I want these guys to get out of my country. Well, that's another, the people. That's another why, reason why Ray ba- uh, Bray Wyatt is uh, so big now too. Oh yeah, Bray, is that a cool thing? Bray Wyatt, Bray Wyatt, Barry Wyatt, Barry Wyatt, Barry White. Barry White. Barry White. Barry White. <laughs> I mean, because that is like very down home country. But I mean, but is that a yeah. bad thing that they're that they're in the Midwest and he's doing the weed of people thing and the crowd is supporting? That is not a bad thing. What? what? I don't think that's necessarily like I'm not. I'm, I'm. It's a real thing. It's real. Right. Yeah. It like th- this is how these people feel. I also think kayfabe. What do you is, mean these people? Kayfabe <laughs> is definitely coming back. I I, and I want kayfabe to come back. Yeah. I'm okay with that. I'm fine with that too. Like uh, I I don't. We're in this weird zone, right? Like with wrestling, because you'll watch like a Ring of Honor and it has like very little depth. Right. It's all about the wrestling. Like you have that whole thing with Scum and like mm-hmm. Matt Hardy, and it's just scum. it's just very what? uncomfortable. Scum. scum is led by <laughs> Steve Carino. Oh boy, he has like a stable on Ring of Honor. Honor. Really? Yeah, like it, I gotta get into Ring of Honor, man. It's the good. wrestling, it's good. I the wrestling watched, is phenomenal. Like I, watched, I can't. I watched the CM Punk uh, documentary early in the week. It was good, fantastic, absolutely fantastic. His weird girlfriend made me feel uncomfortable. That ah, doesn't bother me. I don't know what you. Who's, oh, is his girlfriend Lita? Lita? No, no, girlfriend. the ex girlfriend. Oh, whatever. She's adorable. She was cute. Um, but like they, they have all that Ring of Honor footage, and that's like really the first stuff I'm seeing of Ring of Honor. And I was really excited about it. I really want to watch all the Samoa yeah. Joe stuff now. The, the Briscoes are yeah. great. They yeah. make me very uncomfortable, but they're really good because there's a personality there. But I think with Ring of Honor, it's all about the wrestling, not anything else. Yeah. Well, I mean, you have you have a lot of interesting storylines thrown in with Ring of Honor, but you know, like I, I I don't keep up with it currently. And you had a lot of ups and downs with it, also. Um, and I remember, like, they had cool stuff. Like, you had El Generico and Kevin Steen feuding for, like, almost two years. In, and all their matches were phenomenal, you know, and they started as a tag team and all I, that. You get cool stuff out of it. El Generico's amazing. But, again, I have the same problem with these guys. Mm-hmm. I just can't, like, you, you, they're, they're great when they're wrestling each other, and then you put them in the ring with, like, a Brock Lesnar. Okay. And it's like, holy crap, that's like, not, what am I looking at right that's now? That's not their fault. That is purely Vince's inability to figure out new talent. No, that's not that's yeah. not their fault at all. That, yeah, it y- is. Yes, it, yeah, you know what? In a way, it is. Cassius Ono, by the way, Chris here on the Indies. This guy had everything in front of him, and they told him to hit the gym, and he refused to. Well, I mean, that's a, that's an extreme. He doesn't case. want. He can't get into shape. Well, I mean, that's a that's a personal <laughs> issue that like, I, I don't think a lot of professional wrestlers coming to WWE are going to have. But. No, I think a lot of no, but I think a lot of them had that issue. They don't work out. They just want to go out there and wrestle. It's almost like this. In a weird way, mm. I feel like it's in in professional wrestling for like these indie guys. They would rather be the skinny guy because to them, that's like more real. I'm I could work because I'm thin. Uh-huh. I'm not this genetic monster that's going to go out there and have a squash match and like do like four clotheslines and have like a Scott Steiner right. style match. I know, but like you have you have arguments on both sides of that. Like somebody could say like, "Hey, buddy, look, this is the big leagues. When this isn't NWA, you know, like you don't like you can't have you can't walk around with a beer belly anymore." And uh, and I have that, like and five I think star that's matches. fine for some people. Like I think like Kevin Steen, by the way, awful shape. He's a big fat guy. But look at some He's in better shape than everybody in he's his room. A great, he's a great worker. No, no, I'm not saying like he's this bodybuilder type uh, body, but he's a phenomenal worker. You're, say, you're saying you're saying a, like aesthetically, aesthetically, aesthetically. yeah, aesthetically. Okay. Yeah, but we always talk about aesthetics. I it mean, it like, always is. But I don't know about that. You're gonna anymore. bring a, if, if you're gonna bring a guy like El Generico out there. Uh, 
he he'll, he's probably going to get over. So he's an awful example because mm-hmm. he's such a good worker. But you put him out there. He's like 160 pounds. Right. He goes in the ring and he's wrestling Randy Orton. By yeah. the way, Randy Orton, he's probably in the he, I he's actually in the best shape he's, been in best shape he's ever been in. He's and I'm now. I love the character. Absolutely. And I've and I've been known on the show to hate Randy Orton. Myself too. Um I am so into this character. I'm into the matches. I'm into his body. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> I I, I, awesome. just, I think he's doing great. I want to eat Gogurt off yeah. his belly. Suncast, Suncast, if you're listening, I just just email me that that the last I'm into 15 his, seconds. I'm of into the show. his body. Um, but I mean, look at look at him. I no, mean, he's, he's gotten he, into great I shape. Think, I think I know why. I think why? I know why you like Randy Orton now. Why? Because he's not really. He's kind of standing behind Triple H and he's going slithering and going. Yeah, no. Yeah, yeah no. I know. Yeah. yeah. All right. Yeah, less is more with him. Yeah, yeah. I just wanted to slither around like a snake. Yeah, he's he's toning down on the on the snake <laughs> the, the snake niche. Uh, but like <laughs> the him walking to the like his whole persona and like the little things he's being involved in yeah. are really fun and like that's the whole thing is like uh-huh. uh, if he was not in this storyline, I probably would still hate his, hate his guts. But I mm-hmm. I love like the core storyline so much right now. And and like yeah. I always I've always said because I've I've never had a problem with Randy Orton on the show, um, but. He needs a really good guy to work with to have an amazing match because he can have amazing matches. I, I don't think oh, I've absolutely. seen a. I, I don't think I've ever looked at a match that Randy Orton's had and said, "Wow, this guy cannot work." He's a. He's probably yeah. the best worker on that roster. Oh, forget it? forget about five star matchup. Consistent worker. DDP said himself that he's the best guy out there. Yeah. he's the total package. He really is. He's, let's uh, let's say that match with Goldust was awesome. It was awesome. It was yeah. awesome for two right? reasons. It was so awesome. Awesome for two reasons. One, Goldust has gotten into really good shape. He's really slimmed down. Yeah. Um, and not in the face, was, though. No, not he's in the face. That, that, that dusty <laughs> yeah, face. That's, that's, a, that's, a, that's a Rhodes deal. Well, are, we getting, are we getting dusty eventually? Uh, we get a three-man three tag with, with No, dust, Dusty's not. They're not going to put him in the uh, ring. They, they, they've learned a lesson with <laughs> putting the old guys in the ring. <laughs> I do it, baby. Hey, hey, Randy, put my muffler in. I'm gonna lose my mind. Is that is on there again? I love uh-uh. my muffler fell out. Big Johnny. I muffler. haven't seen I haven't seen Dusty on live TV in I feel like 20 years. This is for you, John Layman. <laughs> I see you in the crowd in the trench coat. I would love it. I, love it. <laughs> I see you, Dusty. <laughs> so, mm-hmm. but let's let's talk about the Randy Orton match. There were two reasons why that match was really good. One. Um, I think the fact that Goldust was like really quick, like he he was yeah. he was able to keep well, up, he, and I think Randy Orton was able to adapt to what he was doing well, to Gold, make it a good, yeah. good match. I, I totally forgot. I haven't seen a Goldust match in forever either. And watching that match, I forgot how unusual his work he, style is. His yeah. work style is, and it's really good because yeah. it's not. It's very it's stiff, but not stiff. Yeah. It's a lot of like like abrasive maneuvers. It's <laughs> <laughs> not like not in, not like a yeah. creepy way or anything, but it's very jarring. It kind of makes you feel like it's on the borderline of a street fight yeah, for the most yeah. part. And it's really yeah. good. It's, it's also not something you'd expect from a character like that. Right. I think and my theory on him and Cody is that you know you can tell what they took from their dad because okay, they yeah. all have like this kind of similar like base wrestling style. Yeah. I think you their know. punches they got from their dad. So what's yeah. number two? Uh, well, number one was that he slimmed down. He was yeah. able to do it. Uh, nostalgia, yeah. obviously. But Randy Orton was able to change the style of the match. He was able to uh-huh. adapt to his style, yeah. and it and it wasn't awkward. It helped it, yeah. I think that really helped yeah. it, and he was able to slow down when he realized that he was starting to you know suck wind. Mm-hmm. And he was able to speed it up again. 
I, I think he told a mm-hmm. far better story than Goldust coming in for that revenge. You know, yeah. him just his in ring quality when I watched it, it was phenomenal. But you know what? At the same time, I'll give you the third thing. I really was into the the Goldust story. Like I was really into like, uh, listen, you, the I whole hear, thing. I hear that Goldust music. I'm reacting there, yeah. all I mean it's it just He's great. The, the entire mm. character like when I was a kid that character was fascinating yeah. mm. cuz like you know that the guy is gay but like and he's a bad guy I and then, like all the you feel stuff. you feel like really weird because you're booing this guy but like partially you're booing it because he's a gay guy yeah like that's what they were doing no <laughs> yeah. no that's the story that they told yeah. like uh. you were booing this guy you were not liking him because he was different and that he was possibly gay but not really like yeah. there's something weird going on and, and he made he made everybody who's a wrestling fan question their masculinity because it was weird they didn't want that oddly androgynous character well on it was the same thing like week. with you know from watching the cm punk thing how cm punk you know he embraced yeah. straightish thing as a heel yeah because it was so anti what the crowd is so used to right yeah the same thing with Goldust. like you have these big hulking dudes and then you have like a guy in crazy kabuki makeup okay. doing his thing <laughs> the lightly most, touching everybody yeah. <laughs> the most uncomfortable thing about Goldust. He never wore underwear, underwear yeah, under the thing. So, yeah, like, you would see yeah. everything, and it was just so, like, so disturbing to it watch it. it. And it added to it. Like, yeah. everything about this guy. The crazy thing about Goldust is that he went, and in WWE, he went from that really over-the-top, like, I'm going to touch your, touch your face in a weird way character, yeah, yeah. to teaming with Booker okay, T, like, yeah. 10 years later, and having Tourette's, and being a fan favorite. That was that was a great angle. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I really like the Booker T stuff. Yeah. But he would also throw in the gay stuff in there too, which I think is hysterical. Yeah, you know, like every like he'd wrestle somebody and be like, <laughs> "Is he is he sticking around?" I don't know, but they were really impressed so. with him backstage. Oh, good, I mean, man. you know what they they could use him as, and I've and I've said this for a while. Bring these guys in part time. Yeah, just you know what, it's don't have them on TV every week. To breath of fresh have air. them on, you know, bring them in every couple months. You know, do somewhat of the schedule. Like these right. guys are in their forties; they could still go a couple years. Have them just. Get that reaction on the air. Like, have him in a match with Randy Orton. Yeah. You know what? Good match. Didn't hurt anybody. Didn't hurt Goldust's career because he's going to get that nostalgia pop. And, right. and and Randy Orton, it adds to the character that he's really good. Yeah. Also still a legend killer. Still a legend killer. I got I got a, I got a weird thing. I got a weird theory. Uh, and hear me out. Uh, it's not going to be too long. But I feel like Randy Orton's title reign is a tiny bit of an FU to CM Punk as well from the main office. Why? Why? Because um, when Punk had the title, he would always say, uh, your world champion should be the what the show is built on. The entire show should be built on the world champion. That's true. But when he was champion... It wasn't. It, he, was, he was on at 10 o'clock. He didn't have the main event spots. He his his thing with Cena was like arguably the like and with The Rock that was almost the focus of the show but he was never the true focus of Raw. Well, I mean the whole thing with The Rock that right. pay per view it was not the headline right it was Royal Rumble. Randy um, has two major storylines at the entire show. Isn't he like a twenty time world champion? He's like a, a twelve time world champion. A, I think this is eleven. Eleven, but he crazy, has he has amount. two great storylines yeah that he's the he's the focal point of raw now that's a great point yeah yeah and i think that's and, fine i think that's great and they have a history together which is kind of weird i just feel like as a fan it's almost like they given they gave cm punk that like you know what like you don't like this you didn't like this guy three years ago now he's on top I, you yeah. know the cm punk thing i know is he had, interesting a, had a problem with him um yeah, remember, like on the on the documentary. Well, I saw again, Cena had the big problem with him. Again, it could be kayfabe on that documentary. Yeah. He was like, "We're going to use you as Randy Orton's mechanic," and he was like, "I'm nobody's mechanic." 
I think that might be the FU. It could be. Yeah. You know? I don't know. I I think at this point. Wrestling. Well, I also, I mean, also, CM Punk is still really hurt. Right. Like, he's is he still, really? He's still, I mean, getting over. Like, he's a guy that's beat up. John Cena's beat up. Randy Orton, he's a little flimsy, it's but fresh. I think I think he's still doing okay. Do you oh, think yeah. his bones are solid now? No, his bones are made out of putty. <laughs> Is that, is that his deal? He has really weak I, bones. I also, I also have a whole theory. I don't want to say on the air about his weak bones. About his weak. <laughs> He's got jelly bones. Hold, I'll, I'll mute my mic. You I'm going to do this. You got to do this. His mic off. Yeah, I cut it. His mic off. Really that big, huh? Yeah, it's huge. <laughs> <laughs> like this. Um, but. I think they need to give these guys a little rest, and I think it's great that it's not CM Punk and John Cena, you know, well, going. You, you also got a ton of people on the roster now, man. You got a yeah. you got a, you got a really big roster because you have to fill three hours of program, which I still think is ridiculous. We we haven't we haven't done the show in a while. There's another point. I, I I took mental notes. Another point I want to bring up. Um, I really and if you guys see it, I really don't mind having Triple H in the JJ Dillon position with the Shield and Randy Orton as kind of like a really weird four horsemen. Is that is that how you, is that where you all, went with it? I, that champions, is not where where I went. All champions, two tag. You have the tag team champions. You got the U.S. and then like Tully, and you have um, Randy Orton as and who's stuff the U.S. Um, Sapphire, Moolah, <laughs> and, and Missy Hyatt. Uh, I love the angle, and it's an yeah. angle you've seen a hundred times over. I mean, the, the corporate angle, like the yeah. boss thing, you've seen it over and over again. But like Triple H being there. It's a breath of fresh air, and it's also it's a, he's good. It's he's awesome. He yeah. is like this is this is you, like a, you, you. This is what every and it, you know what character he's doing. Mm. He has taken a character of everybody. Booker, every no Booker. <laughs> everybody's perception of who he is yeah. on the internet. Yeah, he has become that guy, I see that. and he's taking jabs at the internet during his promos. Like last week, mm. he brought up the fact, like with the whole um, the Big Show thing, he brought up the fact that Big Show has an ironclad contract. And they got that because the dirt sheet. Meltzer wrote, this is so stupid yeah. because a couple of months ago, Big Show had an ironclad contract. Right. And why is They're he crying? Yeah. And now Goldust was crying. Because well, I, think, I think Wrestling Fight picked up, picked up on the idea that the internet is not some like corner that you know, every once in a while we can mention. Yeah. It's, it's synonymous with the crowd. You know, every right. person in the crowd is. is following is following and, the internet. And yeah. you want it to go viral. You want people to talk yeah, about it on the course. internet. The internet was looked at as bad thing. Like, oh, you right look now, at something like trending. You look at something like Breaking Bad. Yeah. Breaking Bad, the reason why I got into it is because of all the memes. Of course, yeah. I was like, I got to watch this. Like, why does this kid like breakfast so much? Yeah. That that got me into it. But another thing I really like about what, what Triple H is doing in, in the u- unique position that he's in is being, you know, a, pretty much in a part-time restaurant at this point, I guess. You know. I'm sure. Sh- yeah. But the fact that you have like this guy who's on top who could actually put on an awesome match with whoever he's gonna or whatever now, exactly, he's gonna yeah. so like you know when you had Vince McMahon doing the the head of the corporation you know you knew you were gonna get a Vince McMahon match you knew you weren't gonna get a, like a great match <laughs> right you get Daniel Bryan and, and Triple H I'll oh, forget it down the line whether it be yeah. WrestleMania or whatever it's gonna be awesome yeah it's so, so awesome I, I do want to say one thing that I'm not happy with the the Daniel Bryan corporate 2.0 angle. <laughs> Every TV, except for this week, they kind of did it, and it kind of points that he's not going to win the title. Uh, at one point, you have to give the title to him, right? That's the whole climax. It's of the this. Like you yeah. have, you're building to this guy. He's struggling. He's going to get the title. Mm-hmm. He, they're not. They obviously can't give it to him now. Okay, like they can't. Not give a him, night of champions. Not a night of champions. You got it. You got to stretch it out. Survivor Series. 
Uh, no. Uh, well, you know, there's another pay-per-view before that. It's weird. There's like a pay-per-view oh, right. literally like three weeks yeah. after Night of Champions. And then Survivor Series, and then I think it's uh, TLC. And then Rumble. He has to win the title before Rumble, obviously. So he's not going to win it at this this one. He'll win it, and this is my opinion, and I'll tell you why, because the booking is a little weird. He's either going to win it at the next obscure pay-per-view or Survivor Series. Okay. Survivor Series, I see it being his team and team you know, Triple H mm. going at each other. So maybe that's not it. So he, he has another month to kind of do the struggle. He, at the end of every show, he was laying, he was laid out. It made him look weak to me because now I didn't care that he got his revenge right before the pay per view. Okay. Eh. Like, I, I, and to I me, think of it like that. I like, I think he just, every SmackDown and Raw, at the end of it, he's on the floor. They got to him. Well, right. he doesn't have a problem with it. I mean, he's no, no, no. He doesn't have a problem, but I'm saying as a viewer. Yeah. Now it's like, oh, he finally got revenge, but it was done in like this weird half ass well, way. You're you're looking at, at at the at the kind of like scientific way of looking at uh the, re- the which you can the show mm-hmm. before yeah. the show before a a pay per view right. where like he he was victorious and that means he's probably gonna lose. He's on, probably gonna lose. Yeah, no. but I think but that, I understand what you're saying. Like I understand like you know. This is the one you're gonna and give it to him on, and they brought right. Big yeah, Show yeah. in this, which is weird. Well, Big Show, I think. Can can we talk about <laughs> can we talk about the Big Show Steph segment from two weeks ago? <laughs> can we talk weird. about how Stephanie, for whatever reason, why is she so that, closely associated with this? Thing? Well, who? Why is she Steph? so? Why is I'll she... tell you what happened. <laughs> Something weird happened where I don't know if it's like just getting older or like she wasn't paying attention to the writing. The writers wrote uh, in like she maybe didn't realize it. They screwed up. And they made Big Show into Andre the Giant. Yeah. <laughs> they told the story of Stefan Andre. Because Stephanie, when, when Stephanie was a kid, she, she referred to Andre as her giant. And they were very close. They took that story and they put it to the Big Show. And they said, when I was a kid, I looked up to you. You're my mentor. He's only four years older than her. Yeah. Yeah. I love like, you. I love you, Stephanie McMahon. Well, he's the ghost. <laughs> well, if you follow the storylines, he's the ghost of Andre. He's the son of Andre. You remember that? <laughs> son of Andre. You remember that? that? No, he's that was the original son and thing. Ghost. It's, it's weird. He is the Tolly Trainee of, of Andre. <laughs> it's, it's really weird. The ghost, like, the ghost, the uh, the son, and the uh, the Holy Andre. Because she she was like, I think in one point in, in her promo, she said. <laughs> Remember bouncing me on your knee when I was twelve years old? Yes, <laughs> that's yeah. what she said. And yeah. he was like. Mm. <laughs> And I, I'm curious. If, you would have like, been like 19. <laughs> like, I wonder if she ad-libbed that. Like, two scenarios played out in my head. One, like, she just, she got really into it. And for whatever reason, she like, the wires, <laughs> the wires cross somewhere. He's big. The other guy was big. Yeah. Talk about the big guy. Like, she just, she's cutting this promo. And, like, all of a sudden, a wire got crossed. Yeah. And, like, he became Andre. Or the writers don't pay attention. And they knew that the giant had a relationship with Stephanie, like they were close. No, they're just doing Wikipedia. Like he heard, like, like down do. the. No, he probably heard, like, maybe they heard, like, one of the writers, like, oh, you know, Steph and the giant had, were really close. Yeah. And he was like, oh, the giant from WCW, yeah. I'm going to write this down. And I hope that guy's fired if that's the case. But, like, I think that's hysterical that she made him into Andre. It's really funny. And I also feel like you got one kind of, like, weird guy who came from, like, a sports background as a writer. And they, they're like, you know, like, like Mr. So-and-so, like, Mr. So-and-so, um, are we going to make, like, a delineation between Andre the Giant and, uh, and Big Show? He'll be like, who? It's <laughs> like, how many giants are there on, the, in the, on Earth? Just go, just go with it. You know? <laughs> he didn't know that there's two giants that, that ever existed. Oh. Giant Baba. Giant Baba's Giant the Baba. third one. <laughs> he is terrifying. 
He yeah, looks like something from like a House of a Thousand Corpses. He does. Like he's just living under the stairs. Ah. There's oh, one awful. giant, all right? Just, just oh. go with it. Oh, giant. Ba, 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 ba. <laughs> you have to mute it. I know. I got to mute it. Sorry. This is my voice. <laughs> I, I think that's me. That's my funny. voice. My voice. My voice. That's what I sound like. Um, <laughs> let's, let's kind of talk about Night of Champions now. Uh, do you care about the pay-per-view? Do you want to see the Randy Orton match? Because now it's like I, I know that he's probably not going to go over so like I could see the finish. Uh, you know what? Like I'm sold on the pay per view, and it's a shame to say that I'm uh, because there's no like major like like the last pay per view was friggin' awesome. Yeah. Right. And uh, the last two pay per views were friggin' awesome. SummerSlam. What was the one? Before? SummerSlam and Payback. What was the main event of Payback? The 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 Money in the Bank. No. No. Oh, Money in the Bank was the last one. Money, Money in the Bank. Bank it was yeah. Money Money in the Bank and then SummerSlam. Right. Yeah. Uh. Ridiculous! Like both amazing pay per views. I feel like this is going to be really good, but there's just something kind of missing with it. You know, like what 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 what's your uh, your title situation? Um, Randy Orton, Dan and you got Ryan. RVD and uh, Alberta Del Rio, which I don't care about at all. I care. I feel oh, like, it's uh, so awkward with with Ricardo as as <laughs> RVD's manager, and it's not awkward at all. You don't think so? No, because he got he got suspended for smoking weed, and who smokes more weed than RVD? That is, actually, yeah, that is funny <laughs> that they did that. Ricardo. I hope Ricardo <laughs> screws RVD. <laughs> I hope they screw RVD. Like it's like been this big ploy. I, now, so. I hope so too. RVD brings Bill Alfonso, and he just blows the whistle for hours. Yeah, he ruined matches for me. Who? We Bill just, Alfonso. You have to mute. You have to mute the old RVD matches. Yeah, it's so, I appreciate him so much more now. RVD. Mm-hmm. No, no, Alfonso. Bill Alfonso. As opposed to back then. I wanted to murder him, but he did his job. I watched him on Judge Joe Brown from 2002 with Missy Hyatt. Really? Yeah, it was the most weird thing. I forgot about Missy Hyatt. He smashed her Porsche into some car. He rear-ended a car and and didn't understand why he has to pay her for the damage. For the deductible. because Yeah, he didn't understand why he has to pay the deductible because all she does is call him and complain about boyfriends. So it's like he's like her therapist. So they're Mm -hmm. even now. I, <laughs> so, does he was does he talk like he does like with the screaming and the whole nine? And, you, know, <laughs> you know what he talks? He talks like I've like a him. bad kid from Brooklyn. Oh wow! And I don't even think he's from Brooklyn. He's so disgusting. <laughs> he probably is from Brooklyn. So what do you, what do you think is going to happen? You, Daniel Bryan World Title WWE Title should they give no. him the title now or wait a while? I think I don't think you're going to have any titles changing hands at oh. Night of Champions at all. Is uh is Ambrose? On the card? Tag titles. Yeah. But yeah. they're not doing Freebird rule over there, right? No. That would have been great if they did that. I mean, why? Let me let me go to the roster here. Uh, Night of Champions 2013. Here we go. Uh, Randy Orton versus Daniel Bryan. WWE title. World title. Alberta Del Rio versus Rob Van Dam. CM Punk versus Curtis Axel with Paul Heyman. AJ Lee versus Natty versus Brie uh, Bella. I think the Bell's going to win. I was going to say Brie Olsen. That's the wrong Brie. <laughs> I think Brie Olsen's going to yeah. win. Uh, versus Naomi. The Shield versus versus Tag Team Turmoil. Oh, winner. yeah, that's right. They're doing like a like a, like a, like a four-man tag, like a four-team tag thing. Okay. Yeah, who is it? Again? Five matches? No, five matches? That's yeah. it? Wait, this doesn't make sense. Well, you also have uh, SmackDown. No, that that's it. And then oh, not a champions kickoff prime time. Oh, that's the turmoil. Right. Okay. So, but we got five matches for a three hour pay per view. Going to go long. 
That Daniel Bryan. That Rand- doesn't sound right. Dan- what, something's Dan- missing. Daniel Bryan and Randy Orton are. Maybe they'll go. announce a Dean Ambrose match. You know, did yeah. they announce it at SmackDown? I don't know. I didn't look at the spoilers yet. Um, Randy Orton and Daniel Bryan has the potential to go for, I would say, forty-five minutes. Maybe. I don't know. Curtis Axel Punk, half an hour at least. Uh, they can do it. They can do half hour matches. The Divas match. Iron Man match is going to go an hour. They don't list. They don't <laughs> list the, what's the, Divas, the. What's the Divas match? Uh, AJ Lee, Natalia, Brie Bella, and um, Naomi. So what's the deal? Uh, Nikki's out now. Yeah, she's hurt. hurt. She's done. Right, sprained her ankle. I think they're going to give it to Brie on this one. I think she's going to end up getting the title. You think so? Yeah. And a lot of Divas versus old. They'll probably make AJ face now. Yeah. Make her like all about the wrestling. I'm trying to see if there's another match that I'm missing. I I feel like five matches is. Not enough. Well, those are the only champions. There's got to be a, a U.S. title match. Maybe yeah, U.S. Coffee. title. Why, I mean, they have to put that on. So maybe maybe it's six matches, whatever. But um, mm-hmm. but we know who won't be. At I, the I'm just here. I'm just hoping that they don't screw up what they've built up so far. And okay. now, okay, so now here's the other thing before we wrap up. Where do you go with CM Punk after this angle? Uh, title picture again. Who Punk? Yeah. Uh, he's gonna enter the title picture eventually. Yeah, I mean, with who? With Randy Orton? With uh, with Daniel Brian, Bryan? Him and Brian go away. I think I think both good. of them both of them would be fine. I think I think once Punk frees himself from the shackles of Paul Heyman angle, um, which I think is gonna be a big giant swerve. Yeah, I think yeah. it's gonna eventually. I think he's still gonna be heel. I think that eventually, Curse Axel is gonna be screwed over, and it's gonna be and he build him as a babyface. Yeah. See, I think uh, no, I, the whole no, because the whole Brock Lesnar thing went to like a whole weird place. Yeah, it doesn't matter. I think you're, you're, uh, you're, you're thinking rationally. Yeah, nothing about wrestling. Exactly. <laughs> I I think you may be on the right track. Where it's I don't think anybody gets screwed in that situation, but I do think you're gonna have the handshake, like we fooled you all along, kind of thing. Yeah, I I I don't think uh, I I think they may originally wanted him to go full babyface yeah. and have the story work out. But I think they're looking at the success of heels, mm-hmm. and he wouldn't really function in a title picture as a face at this point because of how over Brian is. Right, right. Like, I think maybe you'll get uh, him help out Brian at some point and then screw him over, and then you'll see the Paul Heyman stuff. Right, yeah. But I think you're eventually leading up to some type of pro- uh, Bryant CM Punk thing. I, I also see think. That. I, I, actually, main headliner. Yeah. I think CM Punk's going to lose, and he's going to lose because there's a new Paul Heyman guy. Okay. What was your theory on that? Who's it going to be? I don't know. Uh, Sami Zayn, that'd be awesome. That'd no, be- it won't be Sami Zayn. Uh, it's going to be a big guy, so maybe like um, oh, what's her, what's his name? Uh, Biggie. No, they're saying that they're going to turn him face. Apparently, where's he been? And it, it, it he, has he been around? It's going to require someone that needs help on the mic. Yeah, can I get a couple things? Biggie, where is he? Uh, they why they have no idea what to do about what's his face? Ziggler. Um, Ziggler. Buried. Well, they buried him. Well, I mean, because they they're pissed. The, the, why are they pissed? Uh, he he said some stuff about like Triple H and stuff like on Twitter. And, but that's storyline. No, that's story I think line. it was. Well, he's story been he's been getting he lost clean on Raw to uh, to Wyatt. Yep, he did uh, clean. But, but I think that's uh, yeah. I mean, but he was just about. I mean, the the head injury really screwed him over. But yeah. he's a guy who I feel like is right there, ready to be in a good title picture, but nothing. I don't, I don't think they feel that way. Do you no. like his character? Forget about his in-ring ring ability, his character. No. I don't think he knows what he's doing with his character. Yeah. You, that character, he's not a Shawn Michaels where he can be 
you know, the show-off character and be a face. It doesn't work. As a heel, fine. I, I don't think he's... I, I think his big problem is, like, when he gets... I can understand the character, but I think when he gets on the mic, mm-hmm. he's a face that's a heel Yeah, that works so well that you want to cheer him. So, like, the crowd's like, I don't know what to do. That's a good react. That's exactly the reaction. They have. I also feel like, uh, you know, apart from his Ingram abilities, which are awesome, I feel like Dolph Ziggler has zero charm. Uh, yeah. Whereas, like, he always gets the Shawn... It's kind of unfair with the Shawn Michaels comparisons or, like, the Mr. Perfect comparisons, but those are two of the most charming people who have ever... Quite charming. Professional yeah, wrestlers. Quite charming. Um, and... You know, like you can get if you were Shawn Michaels, you can get away with all the garbage that he did. Like, you know what he, he is? Yeah. He he has that comparison with them, but he has the charm of Billy Gunn. I yeah, think, I, I can see that. I, I think Billy more Gunn's more charming than uh, the charming, the charming Billy Gunn, Billy yeah. Charming Gun, the Billy the Billy Gunn comparison. We got to wrap it up in a couple of minutes, but I want to talk about Jr. because we didn't get it. to talk about Jr. and we were going to talk about him. Uh, fired, gone, early retirement. Uh, that's what WWE is reporting. But right. this all, according to many people on the inside. Uh, stems from that 2K14 live panel that they did a couple months ago. A couple of weeks ago. They, for people who don't know what happened, they had, um, that's for me, it's a fan. Uh, they had this panel for the new WWE game that 2K14 is putting out, and it was Paul Heyman, Mick Foley, Stone Cold Steve Austin, uh, Ric Flair, uh, Daniel Bryan, Dolph Ziggler. Yeah. Is that it? I Am think I forgetting someone? Uh, Ray Mysterio. Who Ray said Mysterio. Nothing the entire time. He sat in the mask and did nothing, which yep. was bizarre. Ric Flair totally went off the hint, like <sighs> totally off course. Probably was severely toxic, intoxicated. Uh, Jr. He might have been a little drunk. Might have been right. He made a couple of jokes at having a couple of drinks. His speech was a little lamb, but he he attributed that to the Bell's palsy, obviously. So right. I don't know. It was a great. I, I, I don't think, I think he was great. I think it was great. I think the entire thing was fascinating. Two K fourteen was super happy with it because right. it was not this weird, boring panel. And to be honest, I found it really boring until Ric Flair lost his mind. Right. Uh, a lot of inside jokes. I mean, the entire thing became a a promotion for Steve Austin's podcast, which, by the way, mm-hmm. phenomenal show. Oh, amazing podcast. He is unbelievable. Uh, Paul Heyman came up, ripped the thing, but mm-hmm. Ric Flair went on these rants and he wouldn't stop talking, and he was just a drunk old guy that mm-hmm. just wanted to talk about Barry Windham. Well, he, I think I, I it kind it was kind of sad, uh, especially when, it was a little sad when he was talking about his son. When he was yeah. talking about his son, and like it was a little. I feel like it's not a justified forced retirement, but apparently from numerous sources, the fact that he couldn't reel him in and. It got to the point where Flair was saying like how he buried Reed with his Hall of Fame, his ring, Hall of Fame ring, and WWE gave him a new one, and two new ones, stuff. two of them, right? Because he gave the other one to David not to play favorites. That's what he said, right? And like, uh, like and it, it was like, John Cena drinking, having a drinking problem now, right? Which is really weird, and like whatever, it was entertaining. Two K loved it. You know, they have an ongoing relationship. He with also him. buried Daniel Bryan. During that promo, because he said something, Daniel Bryan went on, he asked him a question, he's like, I don't even think I belong here. And Ric Flair turned and he goes, you don't belong here. What would have a Harley Race said to you? No, he to didn't. someone like you. It wasn't that hardcore. Yeah. Uh, you know what? It was a little It was a little messed up. And he did the same yeah. thing Mick, Mick Foley. He's like, why don't you go ro- roll around in thumbtacks? Yeah, well, he, he covered that one up. But with, uh, with Daniel Bryan saying, like, I, 
what Daniel Bryan said was like, he's like, I can't even believe I'm up here. He's like, you and I me, can't believe you're up. He was like, you and me both. both, brother. What would Harley Ray say if he saw you up here? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, listen, I don't think what would have Jim Ross, what should if he had, like, I don't know what they expected him to do. Like, what do you expect this guy to do? Like, he tried. Uh, Paul Heyman was also on the panel. Paul, he- Yeah, Paul Heyman. Right. Uh, but what did you expect Jim Ross to do? It's like a, it's like a late night thing. It, it's, he's totally lost it. Right. People are laughing. They're reacting to it. Like, people seem to be having a good time. What should Jim Ross have done? You know what? If it was that much of a problem, Stephanie should have come out on stage. Hunter should have come out and taken him out. Right. Or, you know, you know what I think it is also is the fact that it was an old school panel. They were drinking all night. And you know what? Um, it was for a video game and <laughs> half of your panel has nothing to do with playing video games at all. So they're, they're not taking it's it seriously. It's stupid. It's dumb. You know, like Rick Flair's going to talk about a video game. Right. Ric Flair, Paul Heyman, yeah. Rey Mysterio, who had, didn't say a word. Rick Flair's going to talk about a video game? <laughs> McFoley and JR introducing, introducing a, crazy. Like, a major video game that they probably didn't take seriously at all. You know, Austin sat there, promoted his podcast, and he was, he's, you know, he's a good soldier, whatever. Um, Ziggler and Daniel Bryan seemed like they were petrified about saying something wrong. Yeah. Um, and, and that was really obvious. And same thing with Heyman, too. Uh, but I think it. I think it also started when uh, I think he introduced uh, Jim Ross introduced Paul Heyman as like America's favorite Jew or something like that. I mean, oh, no, he said, something no, weird. he said uh, jovial Jew. He's a uh, jovial Jew. Yeah, Paul Heyman. That's what he said. <laughs> I I don't think there was anything wrong with it, and and to blame Jr. for this mm. is beyond beyond crazy. But you don't know what's true though. Well, kayfabe, brother. No. <laughs> When it happened, people were saying that they all blame Jr. Okay, and Rick, like <laughs> everybody, like it was automatically his yeah. fault. Like Ric Flair was actually supposed to be on SummerSlam, which he wasn't, and they didn't give him the contract. He was there to sign the contract, and right. they pulled back. Um, you know what? I see more blame on him, but this is a guy that lost his, you know, his life is in disaster. He's lost his money. Right. He's lost yeah. his kid. He's gotten a divorce. Like what? You know what? The guy maybe should not have been on that panel. Especially not in a controlled environment. Like, he should yeah. not, not have been on there. But at the same time, you never know, man. Maybe somebody, maybe some corporate person was like, hey, JR, it is your job to watch Ric Flair tonight. You cannot let this guy drink or whatever. And I don't, I don't think that would have been A million things could have happened. A million things could have happened. But if you know, I don't think he got drunk on stage. You know what I mean? Like, he probably was lit up beforehand. If that, that was the case. I don't know if he was right. really drunk, whatever. But if that was the case, someone in the back... Everybody was back. They should have said, you know what? He's not in any condition to go out right now. Right. You, that doesn't happen on the stage. Like, it wasn't like he drank a ton, went on stage, and totally that was it for him. I'll, th- I'll throw this one at you, though. If you watch that panel and Ric Flair said nothing, wouldn't you think that was weird? I would have thought that was weird, too. Yeah. More weird than Ray Mysterio not saying anything. I didn't even remember that he was there. I yeah. mean, I, just weird. I think that he, he said one thing. I think he was like, thanks, JR. Scuttlebug. <laughs> and that's it. <laughs> Scuttlebug. Scuttlebub. But Jim Ross is now uh, retired. I don't know what that means because th- that Mid-South DVD came out. Mm. Did you see it? No. I want to get it because people are saying it's great. He did the commentary on that. Oh, awesome. And he did it as if it's 1984. Fantastic. It is phenomenal. Yeah. Phenom- I mean, it's this guy. I think he was around then, too. Like okay. I think he was around the scene. The wealth of information that he still has... Mm-hmm. From something that happened thirty years ago, is unbelievable. Right? Because he did the play-by-play as if 
It was 1984. And he was there. And he was there. Uh, I mean, nobody, talking about announcers, and we got five minutes, nobody is better than JR. Forget about Gordon Sully, which <laughs> was, by the way, he was lit up the entire time he was doing commentary, right. apparently. Uh, Gordon Sully was something else. Jim Ross, probably the greatest announcer of all time. Tony Schiavone has nothing on him. I agree. Joey Styles. Joey Styles is fascinating. <laughs> like, I, I can't say Joey Styles is at the level of a JR, but like Joey yeah. Styles was interesting because there's nobody else doing play. He's a play-by-play guy. Right, yeah. Like, nobody calls matches. Tony Schiavone was great for WCW. I never liked him. He he was smug. He was all right. Mike Tanay? <clears throat> no. I was like, I like the Nothing? Like no, Tanay, I, like, I feel like he gets... He gets uh, there's too much nerves. I feel like he gets too nervous. Very nervous. Yeah. Very, very antsy. So this poor guy is losing all of his hair from all the stress. Tony Thank- Schiavone, Dusty Rhodes, Mongo McMichaels. <laughs> Best panel ever. Trifecta. I see you, John Lennon. <laughs> John Lennon. coach. I see you, man. <laughs> this is elbows for you, brother. <laughs> Best, Best announced team. Uh, I still stand by Heenan and Monsoon. Yeah, because that was the team we grew up with. Yeah. I grew right. up with that, and it, you know who's really good? Jared. Sir Alfred Hayes. Absolutely. I've been watching Hayes was awesome. Phenomenal. Yeah, man. He was really great. He was great. He's really underrated. Macho Man. But we did get, we did Macho get, Macho man. okay, Vince McMahon as, a, as an announcer. I liked him. To me, like, when I think of 90s, like, you know, like, I think of, I, I, Keenan and, and, my brain just stopped. Monsoon. <laughs> Eden and Monsoon, like, I, they, they mean something. But to me, it was Vince McMahon and whoever the weird person he was announcing with mm-hmm. was. Like, it could be anybody. It was Mr. Perfect, which was a weird combination. He was good, too. Uh, at one point, we did have uh, K- King and Vince was a good team, too. Yes. And yes. only thing I remember from that is that King would always make two pay jokes to Vince. Okay. And it always would tell him that his hair is fake. Hair is fake. But Vince was weird. Like, Vince mm-hmm. was very uncomfortable. Yeah. Like, he was a very uncomfortable announcer. There was nothing genuine about him when he was doing the play-by-play. He's very authoritative. Very authoritative. But when you listen to Heenan and Monsoon, yeah. it was so natural. It was awesome. Yeah. I uh, think Heenan could have great chemistry with anybody, though. Heenan, Monsoon, or Lawler, JR? Lawler, JR. Lawler. Uh, I gotta go Lawler, JR. For yeah. what reason? Um, more he, they call more matches that I've watched. Yeah, was it? The, but who had more chemistry? Lola and Jr. You think so? I mean, I love Monsoon. Yeah. And, Another and brain, a very underrated team. Jr. and Heyman. Yeah, WrestleMania seventeen. If you listen to that show, one of the best called shows. Really? That's yeah. one of my. That's one of my favorite announced teams because Heyman always put the screws to Jr. Yeah, he made him table. very uncomfortable. Yeah. yeah. <clears throat> But that's good. It's it's good. It's, we had a lot of good, good teams. I mean, but yeah. you could put anybody there at that time. Like now, like who's the best announcer right now? Like what team Cole works has, for you? Cole has come a long you way. You know what? He's still uh, his his biggest problem is he will always be compared to Jr. because he's the guy who replaced Jr. Yeah. and he is nowhere near the level of Jr. Yeah, but I know. But look at him. Look at him Alex back in the day. Riley. Phenomenal on yeah. NXT. Really, very good. I. Uh... I like JBL on the. I like JBL. JBL's great. Too. The three of them are very, very good together. Yeah. JBL's a new king. You know what? You can replace King with JBL. He plays a great heel. <laughs> works well. There was a point. King, I, needs to, king needs to take some time off. I think so too. There's a. I, I have a love hate relationship with King. There was a time where I really hated King. During like I, I think burnout from like the JR king yeah. stuff. I'll yeah. just like get him out of here. There's got to be another. And then heel. Heyman came. Yeah, I, I miss mm-hmm. the Heyman stuff, but like I was so. Over Jonathan, <laughs> Coachman. Jonathan Coachman. 
Co- I don't like Coach. Man. Coach was all right. You know why? Because he always took everybody's crap with no yeah. problem. Yeah, he would get dumped on. He get he'd have to take bumps. He get. I always just he wasn't him bad. Underrated. Poop. Underrated. He wasn't the best, but he was underrated. Mm-hmm. Uh, but right now, I think Alex Riley is probably one. He's phenomenal in NXT. Uh, he will be a very good. And now when he comes up to the big roster, you think he's going to be better but, than Matt Stryker? Oh my god, Stryker yeah. was good. You know what it is? I feel like there's no personality. Like okay. again, like you said, like they're all afraid to say something. Yeah. And I think with JBL, he doesn't give a shit. So nah, he he'll say it. He's a millionaire. Yeah, he doesn't care. <laughs> and I think Michael Cole is just such like whatever Vince is feeding him, he'll say it. Right. And I think, you know, King is just like checked in, but JBL doesn't care. Like I think you need someone that they're gonna say stuff and they're gonna say it. Like I like it when he brings up these mm-hmm. references and the problem with JBL was that he would repeat the same stuff. Right. They told him once changed everything about it yeah yeah like he's great who's the team on smackdown uh taz and michael cole no that, that, that's five <laughs> years ago taz awful more, i think that was more than that i never minded taz because like he was so dopey on commentary not not that he's he like yeah that's a brooklyn red hook yeah. what what's a brooklyn red hook I'm like we get it bro but it's all it's still awesome humans you survive if i let you he'd be like one life, uh, brother. One life. Real, real quick. I want to point yeah. out something about CM, wrap C, it up. CM Punk's uh, theme music. Um, the static, and in which I feel like he's the last ECW guy. The static before his song comes on was the old ECW transition. Really? Yeah. How about that? Like when they would, <laughs> right? Yeah? When they would do the promos, really? it, was, it was like the. Do you hear that before his theme song? And uh, I think that's like a weird kind of tribute to like come ECW. Back. Kind of oh god i found a weird fact about oh god what was it I, and i was dying to say it on this they used somebody else's theme from wcw was it canyon what was canyon's theme in wcw yeah hold on well the cat's theme is i think um brodus clay's right was it the cat or um yeah no yeah it was, it was, was i called my mama yeah there was a theme. It, was, it was ernest the cat miller that's uh really yeah i liked ernest the cat man yeah I forgot who's God. I, now this is gonna drive me crazy. I'll figure it out for next week. But I was listening to like old themes, and it was a WCW theme that WWF wrestler was using. WWE wrestler was using, and it was a cover of a band's song. Okay, it was like a weird like thing, and it did not belong to either one of these people. Like, it was a theme <laughs> that should not be that person's theme. Okay, I got to figure out what it is. Norman Smiley. Norman Smiley's theme. I, is it Chris? I also pre-ordered the uh, Triple H DVD. Did you? Yeah. I'm curious how good it is. Pretty excited. Are you? Yeah, that trailer is just going to be him burying everybody in 2004. That trailer, you know, you know what? In biker shorts, very uncomfortable moment in Triple H. Oh yeah, fandom. You know what hooked me about it is that you have Undertaker on it, and he doesn't do any of these. And uh, Jr. going, that night he broke his quad was the most gruesome thing I've ever seen in my life. (laughs) Like sold. I'd pick that. I'm buying it. I'm buying it. All right, guys. Uh, good show today. I enjoyed it. Uh, go to our website, gfknetwork.com. If, you, uh, if you're watching the show live, you can always subscribe to us. We're on iTunes. We're on Windows Phone. We're everywhere podcasts are available. And please, I encourage you guys to subscribe to the show because it helps us out. Also, if you're watching live or if you're downloading this podcast, uh, you can help the GFK Network out. John Lehman needs shoes. He needs socks. He needs pants. <laughs> and uh, you can support us by using our Amazon affiliate link. Now, you're not buying anything. We're selling you. It's whenever you're buying something on Amazon, you could click on our link on our website, or you could go to gfq.co slash Amazon, and it stores uh, the information. So, like we, you know, we get it. It's what Amazon does. 
Uh, and we got a little credit. We got like 5%, 6% from the sale, but it goes a long way. Like the other day, somebody bought $1,000 worth of car stereo equipment. goes a long way. Wow. A couple bucks in my pocket. I could buy him socks. Poor guy has no socks. Has shorts. <laughs> we got to get you a new trench coat. I got to get a new trench coat. We need to get paid. <laughs> we need to get paid. Uh, so uh, subscribe to the show, guys. Uh, help us out. And uh, we'll see you all next time on Matt Men. Take it easy. Good night, everybody.